Hey, happy Thursday. Welcome to the program. It's the Pete Callender Show. I'm the Pete Callender. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, and it's uh, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Those are the phone numbers, also the email, Pete at the Pete Callender Show. You can also hit me up on Twitter, which, oh my goodness, it was a fun 24 hours on Twitter. We'll get to that. Um, it's not, And this one isn't even about me. It's not about me, right? It's No, it's about the North Carolina House Democrats' Twitter account. That remember yesterday, I'm old enough to remember yesterday when we were discussing uh, how the, the the Democrats are, you know, trying to constantly beat the drum for accountability on the vouchers, you know, school vouchers, these private schools they are unaccountable, right? Unlike, you know, government and all that. So, uh, yeah, they have a Twitter account that is run by apparently multiple people that have, have access to this thing. And some of the people that have access to it, I assume there's more than one person, I mean, otherwise a, a state representative would just be lying to the media about that. Um, but we don't know who's running the account, even as they're trolling people to the point where some of their own members in the state House of Representatives are saying, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Like, that's rude. They're like attacking their own Twitter account. Oh, it's great. So get some popcorn ready. We'll get to that. And I know when I say that, people think he's totally not going to get to that. I, I recognize this. I have destroyed some trust with the uh, with the teasing of the topics that then I run out of time and don't get to talk about. But I promise I will get to this. It's only like fourth deep in the stack. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's it's second. It's second in the stack. I will get to it. So, but I want to start with the uh, Union County developments. And so this is schools slash COVID. So I got a lot of stuff to get to today because, frankly. Yes, I spent too much time on one topic yesterday, and I had a lot of other topics. I didn't get to them, and I teased them, and I apologize. Okay, so after threats of legal action, Union County's public school district has agreed to work with the county's health department to ensure that COVID-19 contact tracing steps and quarantine requirements will be followed. This is the latest story out of the Charlotte Observer, story by the reporter Anna Maria Della Costa. The Union County Public Health Department and Union County Public Schools agreed yesterday, yesterday morning, on a process for identifying and excluding students and staff who are identified as being a positive case. So I, obviously, would never be identified because I'm just not a positive case. I'm not positive really about anything. It's just kind of standard. Anyway, these folks will be identified. They will be excluded And also the close contact of somebody who tested positive for COVID-19. So I'm not really sure if this is a complete undoing of what Union County was trying to do. And the thing you need to keep in mind about all of this with Union County is that all of the outcomes here are predetermined by the policy. They're predetermined by the policy. Because the masks are optional, the policy dictates mass quarantines, right? And so when they had, what was it, like over 7,000 kids and student, or, uh, uh, students and teachers that were, uh, that were quarantined a couple weeks back, and that's what prompted Union County school officials to be like, okay, this is ridiculous. Because so many of them, the vast majority of those people did not have COVID. It's just a, it's, it's a policy. And when you set that policy in place, you are essentially 
forcing school districts to adopt a universal mask mandate. That's what you're doing. But you don't want to take the political heat for it. You don't want to be held accountable for it. Right. And in fact, there's another effort underway. Democrats and school board leaders are trying to get the law changed that requires them to re-up their mask mandate every 30 days. Because they don't want to hear from the parents. It's getting kind of crazy in here. And people are yelling at me, and I just don't like it. I need a safe space. (laughs) This is what they're arguing at the legislative level. I mean, minus the tears. But this is what they're arguing. That the school board meetings, like, I mean, people are coming in there, and they're just yelling at us. Uh, Yeah, they're kind of mad. Kind of mad about it. And the reason why the 30-day re-up or reissuance, let's say, the revisit. I don't want to get into the drug lingo there, but the re-up, why you have to do this every 30 days, it's not to force parents to go down there and yell at the school board. It's not to make the school board members scared. It's not any of that. Think about it. Logically, think about it. It's to make sure that the policy changes when, dare I say it, the science and data warrant it. When the science and the data warrant a change in the masking policy at the school level, the school should do it. Why did the legislature do this? Could it be, and I'm just spitballing here, could it be that they don't trust school boards, particularly in certain cities, with Changing policy if the local union doesn't want it to change? Is it possible? I know it's kind of a crazy idea, but is it possible that this is an effort to neuter or spay, whatever? I'm not trying to be gender specific here, but it it is an effort to uh, minimize the influence of the teachers' unions on school board policy. Could that be part of the deal behind the law? That School boards have caved too often to these vocal minority uh, of teachers, right? That's what's happening. Because the NCAE does not represent the majority of teachers. I went over those numbers yesterday. Oh, oh, that reminds me. I have another story here. Hang on. Is the former Democratic candidate for state superintendent recruiting for NCAE rival? That's the headline. Now, I told Ryan yesterday, I forget what the name of this rule is, but... Generally, when you read a headline, 90% of the times, uh, when you read a headline and it's a question, the answer is no. <laughs> so, right? And so Brian thought that, uh, Ryan rather thought that was hilarious. Uh, and it's true. So when you see a headline and it asks you a question, 90% of the time, it's no. The answer is just no. And you can you don't even have to read the article then. But in this case, the answer is yes. I'll tell you what it's about up next. But first... Had me down under my thumb The girl who wants to push me around It's down to me News Talk 1110-993-WBT um, Watching Senator Manchin speaking amid Democratic infighting that's the, that's the crawl on the Fox News channel there uh, Democratic infighting uh, you can also say Democrats in disarray, uh, but you do not call it a civil war, people. Democrats, Democrats do not engage in a civil war, except from like like the one you know 
the actual civil war. But aside from that one, they do not engage in a civil war. That's what Republicans do inside their own party. So when you have these warring factions inside the Democratic Party, they are simply in disarray, or maybe sometimes they are infighting. But that's it. Not a civil war. Um, yes, yeah, so today we're going to play all Rolling Stones uh, bumper tunes because we like the Rolling Stones, and they're playing in concert tonight at Bank of America Stadium, which, by the way, I would never advise you to do this, but have you ever donated blood and then gone out to a concert later on that evening? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling people, I'm not advising you do that. I'm just saying I have. It's an experience. It is definitely an experience. And so, luckily for you, today, right now, going on right now, the second annual W, what? Yeah, right now. It's happening right now through 3 o'clock. Did you not read the memo, Ryan? Why are you asking me this? Did you not see our website, heard our promos? Like, oh, you did. Okay. All right. So second annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive. It's going on right now until 3 p.m. Um, it is at the Community Matters Cafe uh, on uh, West First Street in Charlotte. Uh, and I know you don't do it for the stuff, but if you go there, you can get like the T-shirt and there's a gift card stuff and there's a donation uh, that gets made. So but most people, you don't, I mean, you're giving blood to give blood, to save, you know, lives. And you do, by the way. Like, cancer treatments require blood transfusions a lot of times, and uh, this is for the kids. This is to fight childhood cancers. So uh, go on down there. If you got some time on your lunch break right now, go donate some blood or some platelets, and, um, you know, then go out to the concert tonight and uh, have fun. Um, it's the second annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive. Details are at WBT.com in the events section of the page there oh yeah and on the joe mansion thing real quick hang on a second uh here it is john mccormack from national review he says it's pretty amazing that joe mansion's position here one and a half trillion dollars on new uh, on a new reconciliation bill one and a half trillion plus 550 billion on infrastructure so that's now we're over Two trillion, plus another one point nine trillion on the March reconciliation bill. So that's a total of four trillion dollars. That this is the quote moderate position among congressional Democrats in the year twenty twenty one. This is moderate. <laughs> four trillion dollars. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So I said before the uh, the break there. Uh, this headline. This is from. Education NC with ednc.org. Um, it's a it's a good website. They send out new newsletters and stuff. They talk about education policy. They are as I as I determine them to be uh, left of center and very very pro public schools. They are very you know okay with the union kind of thing. So there's this piece by Alex Granados, and the headline is the former Democratic candidate for state superintendent recruiting for NCAE rival. And uh, the answer is yes. It didn't even need a, a question mark. And I guess maybe that's the way they framed it so as to not, like, anger the NCAE, because that's the North Carolina Association of Educators, the NCAE. Um, but that is exactly what the former Democratic candidate for state superintendent is doing. Jen Mangrum, remember her? Probably not. Nobody does. But she ran for state superintendent of public instruction, and she lost, obviously, but she ran, remember, um, and uh, she has now started up a private Facebook group 
called NC Voices for Public Schools, in which she is talking to teachers about the American Federation of Teachers, the AFT. The AFT is another teachers union. So this is not the NEA. AFT is one of the two most prominent teachers unions in America. The other is the National Education Association, or the NEA. Uh, The North Carolina Association of Educators, the NCAE, is an NEA affiliate. What? I thought they weren't a union. This is why I keep calling them. Don't call it a union union because they're an affiliate of the NEA. The NCAE is an affiliate of the NEA. The only reason they're not a chapter of the union is because North Carolina doesn't allow them to collectively bargain, to roll taxpayers over a barrel. North Carolina prohibits public employees from collective bargaining, so the NCAE isn't a union, but it is the closest the state has to one when it comes to educators. NCAE describes itself as an all-inclusive association with all categories of professional school personnel eligible for membership. NCAE is the state's largest education advocacy organization for public school employees, represents active retirees, uh, retired and uh, student members. Okay, Um, the group, this Facebook group, has about 1,400 members that Jen Mangrum has set up. And in the uh, one of the posts on this website, it says, if you don't like AFT or my work in building change, then don't be a part of it. I'm not going to answer any more questions about this. Drama is over as far as I'm concerned. I can't be distracted. She then goes on to describe her goals, and at one point, her post mentions AFT President Randy Weingarten calling Mangrum a, quote, Shiro. She's a Shiro. Now, I think there's a key piece of information here. It's at the very, very end of the story by Alex Granados. Mangrum had applied to be the executive director of the NCAE this year, but she was not considered, according to another Facebook post. And uh, now she has started up this Facebook group to obviously recruit teachers and to build the AFT as another teachers union in North Carolina. Is it because she didn't get the gig for the NCAE? That's what I keep telling people. Politics is so much about relationships. Things like this prompt policy decisions and movement on agendas like it really is sometimes this personal and kind of petty and silly but here we are we may end up with two unions in north carolina oh happy days thought process are you in favor of this or you're not look i like the rolling stones there are like maybe two songs of theirs I don't like. So like you're not going to find one that I don't like. Have I, pl- I was going to say, have I played one that you don't like yet? Actually, both of them. <laughs> of you the- just- no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't understand why the streets have been closed around the stadium, though, since yesterday. Uh, what's up with that? Well, how about... Uh, um, he showed up at the Thirsty Beaver. Right. Yeah. And supposedly, and I didn't even know this, so uh, Joe Bruno said that, that, that I guess the people around him in the photo didn't know that, that, that he was there. And <laughs> and they apparently were going to the concert uh, tonight. Because <laughs> uh, at first when I saw that... when I, great. When I saw that picture, by the way, I mean... If you I have not it, seen the picture. You haven't? You're the one person in Charlotte that probably hasn't seen the picture because literally everyone is sharing that photo now on Twitter. Well, that is me. I buck the trends. Um, That's the one thing you need to know about me. When everyone else is doing something, I'm usually not 
aware. Now, is that, that on, I was going to say, is that on purpose or are you just, you just trying to be opposite? <laughs> a little bit of both. I mean, sometimes I set trends, like the whole white T-shirt thing. That was me. I wore white T-shirts. That was you? Mm-hmm. After Labor Day? No, 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 it was an economic decision for me years ago. I, I could not afford shirts, and so I just I went to the store. I saw, wow, look at this. They're selling these T-shirts. They put them all in one bag, but because they're selling them like in a pack of six, and they're just white, uh-huh. and you're supposed to wear them under clothes... Then people think that they're 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 worthless or something because they're selling like this six pack or whatever for like three dollars. So I I bought a bunch of them, and those were my shirts. I wore those for a while. And you're a trendsetter now. And then everybody else started doing it. I think I think I may have saw Brad Pitt. I think I might have seen Brad Pitt wear it once in a show or a movie, and then everybody started doing it. But I was like I I I take credit for that. Well, thank you, Pete. I'm glad. You're welcome. So so uh, so but so everyone in that photo apparently. Uh, did not know that Mick Jagger was there, and apparently are, that all of them are going to the concert on Thursday. So when I first saw that photo, I thought, oh, it's one of those staged things, like everyone in the background is like in his, you know, in his entourage. You know, mm-hmm. it's probably his manager. It's probably stagehands, all that stuff. But apparently, the the owner of the restaurant or the bar said that uh, no one knew that that was Mick Jagger. How does the how does the, that person know that nobody knew it was him? Why would they get their picture taken with him then? Hey. Person that nobody knows. Hey, old eighty-seven-year-old guy that's dressed kind of weird. What is he? What was he wearing? I don't even know what he's wearing. Was it like? Was it like rock and roll attire? No, it wasn't stage presence attire. No. Yeah. Okay. He was just out and about. What was in, he wearing in, in Plaza Midwood? I know. I, don't get me wrong. I, I I always like the story about how, uh, you know the 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 rock and roll guy goes and drops into a local pub. Uh, and, you know, he's an everyman, that kind of a thing. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I dig the story. So I was it, just kind of curious what he was wearing. Was he wearing, like, you know, his uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash kind of? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I don't think he was that exorbitant. Uh-uh. Um, I mean, it looks like he's just wearing a blazer. He's got a baseball cap on, uh, jeans, and, and nice shoes. No, he has a baseball cap. Well, then there you go. That's incognito. Nobody could tell that was him. He's got a baseball cap on. I've watched enough TV and movies to know that if you put the baseball cap on. You're trying not to get. Nobody knows who you are. It's a disguise. That's it. So he was in disguise. So actually, it's pretty amazing that they did identify him given that he was in disguise. Pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. Who, Who ID'd him? Do we know? Was it the bartender? You know it had to be the bartender because as soon as he walks up to the bar and you see a guy in a baseball cap and a blazer, you think obviously disguise, and then you think, hey, he's got a British accent, unless of course he changed his accent to sound like some from another place. Also, if he um, yeah. did he leave? Like I'm assuming that he probably had a tab and left his credit card or left a name for the tab or. Oh, you're so young and naive. <laughs> Rich people don't pay for their drinks. <laughs> famous rich people. I mean, I do. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. But probably because I'm neither famous nor rich. But the but people at that they don't they don't. I don't even think they carry a wallet. <laughs> Seriously, I don't think that people that are that famous and wealthy they even carry wallets. Well, how does that process work? Like, they, they have the person. They have a. They have a person who carries the money, the wallet, and the phone. Like, they don't even carry their own stuff. I mean, they may carry it around their own, like, hotel room. They may have it with them 
in their hotel room so they can order something from room service or something. Like, but that's it. Um, I used to work. By the way, I just need to be clear about this. I have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of a disclaimer. Um, There was a restaurant. There was a restaurant that I used to work for up in Maryland. Uh, um, He also owned a restaurant in Chapel Hill, and and Michael Jordan used to come into his establishment Mm -hmm. um, a lot. And and to, to back up your claim, he would he would run up a huge tab and would walk out. But he would always have someone the next day come back and would come back the next day and say, "Hey, this is for last night." Right. That's. I mean, that's what I mean. It's a whole different dynamic world. <laughs> I was going to say world. It's a whole different world. People at that level. It, I, I'll never forget. It was a famous person. Well, I forgot who the person was, but I'll never forget what they said. Was that? So when, I guess they. Were, I guess they weren't that famous. They were very famous because they said when I was poor, um, nobody would give me anything, and. When I was rich, everybody gave me stuff for free all the time. It's one of that, the... That actually makes a lot of sense. Right. It's one of the most inverted uh, uh, notions that I've ever heard expressed. And the more I... The whole thing about being hear, poor being poor is very expensive, too. Well, yeah, because things compound when you don't have money. And, yeah, and then, like, you get a, you know, a car breaks down, and then all of a sudden everything gets gets backed up because of that. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's... That's the uh, uh, the cycle that you get caught in when you're loaded. I mean, look at the what's the award show where they go the Oscars, right? Where they walk around and they just get to pick up all of the swag bags, like valued at tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, I mean, I have heard that they gave these to everybody at the WBT Christmas party last year. Boomer may be able to confirm this. Did you get the swag bag? Yeah, all right, yeah. Ryan does not know that song. Yeah, good thing you turned that off. I just asked for the beginning. Why'd you go right to the refrain? Well, that's normally where I go. No, you... What do you mean that's normally where you go? Re-rack, can you re-rack the song? I can, yeah, I can re-rack it from the beginning. Yeah, re-rack it from the beginning. I, there was also nothing on here that said it explicit, so it might be... Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there, there we go. go. There we go. Isn't that nicer? Isn't this nicer? How much longer till he curses? I need to know. I need to know. My job. My job. He's got to go on. through two verses. It's fine. Why? Well, I, I would not. I would not steer you wrong. You told me this song, and, it, and you went to the refrain. That's. I, I did, why would I say? Why? Who would go immediately to the refrain when you have all of this bed to talk over and waste people's time with? This is why we're supposed to use songs that have no vocals. Which is what you told me when I got here. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what Mike Schaefer told me. <laughs> All righty. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Hello, Spencer. Welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, I can hear uh, yeah. you. Yes, yeah. Hello, what's up? Um, you know, Mick Jagger may have been looking for the double door when he went out bar hopping. I, that's true. I, uh, did, wait, was he one of the, was it the stones that went to the double door years ago? I was in there. Uh, it was way back. Yeah. Like 30 years ago. It was because Eric Clapton dropped in there once. Yeah. I was standing there and some girl told me to turn around and look and I turned around and here's this guy 
and it immediately dawned on me that it was Eric Clapton. Oh, and uh, <laughs> the owner of the bar closed it down and got another band in there so he could play. Oh, that's and cool. we all we all had a great time. But Double Door was a uh, well known across the country blues bar, mm-hmm. and he may have been looking for that. That's a good point. It's not far from where Thirsty Beaver is, and so That's and exactly maybe right. and and he might have gotten he may have asked, "Hey, where's the double door or whatever?" And they were like, "Oh, that's closed down, but you can go to Thirsty Beaver and it's kind of the same vibe or whatever." Yeah. Yeah, kind of a, you know, dive bar kind of deal um which I've been and I like I don't mean that as an insult. I mean it's just that's the it's kind of a style bar, you know, as I that's what I remember it to be. Um, well, well, they they were all kind of kind of dive bars. I lived in that neighborhood, and the the old saying in that neighborhood was "walk over to the double door and crawl back." <laughs> yeah, very good. All right, so are you going to go see them tonight? I uh, don't have that kind of money. Yeah, I don't even know what the tickets uh, are running. Uh, I can only imagine, though. But. Uh, yeah, and like I said, I've I've seen them. I saw them uh, at that very stadium, like I don't know, twenty I've, I've years ago. I've seen them. I saw them in the Coliseum when they had Mick Taylor as their lead guitar player. Mm. And um, yeah, I've seen them. And I'm uh, like I said, I saw Eric Clapton in the Double Door, and you know how long ago that was. So you know how old I am <laughs> right now. I hear you. Well, yeah, that was always the uh, I was you know. I because I, I had gone to the Double Door a couple different times. Uh, I don't know, maybe half a dozen times, and I was always hoping to, you know, like that would be there that night when it happened. But I guess you know six times was just not enough. The odds were not yeah. in my favor. So yeah, uh, Spencer, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Yep. All right, man. Thanks. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It was over near. Uh, right. Yeah, it was over near the hospital and CPCC. The Double Door was right. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, let me go over here to do, 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 do. this is uh, Paul. Hello, Paul. Welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, hey, thanks so much for taking my call. I heard you were talking about the stones and I said, I've just got to try to weigh in. But uh, my question was, what do you think is your favorite stones album? And uh, I'll give you mine. All right. Um, I think I think Exile on Main Street. It's it's the best album of songs most people have probably never heard of. Mm. Absolutely fantastic. And um some girls, because that was when I was in high school, and uh, I think that's just a great album with great songs. And I absolutely loved it. one of their most recent albums, um, uh, "Blue and Lonesome." I think is the name of the album. Okay. And that was they recorded it in one day, and it's just um, old blues songs, and yeah. it's absolutely fantastic. But in no particular order, I think those are my three. And uh, if I could just weigh in on one more music thing that was really really cool that happened to me this week, you're talking about the Double Door. Yeah. When I was a little kid, I absolutely used to love the old music group, the Monkees, because I grew up in the 60s, <laughs> and my mother used to play the Monkees music all around the house and everything, uh-huh. and I think that's what, that's what got me hooked on music. I saw Peter Tork from the Monkees many, many years ago at the Double Door, and uh, last week at the uh, Charlotte Auto Fair, they had the Monkey Mobile, and uh, I always wanted to see that car. And uh, the nice person who was uh, kind of doing security let me sit in the monkey mobile and get my picture taken. <laughs> Absolute bucket list item. So, uh, all right, the monkey mobile. Uh, I, the monkey all, mobile. But but uh, let me know what you think your favorite Stones album is. That well, was, that was Let It Bleed. That was my favorite. Let It Bleed. Oh, it's a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. 
That was a good one. And uh, the first one that I ever heard, you know, album-wise, was their Satanic Majesty's Request. Um, but uh, it took me uh, several times of hearing it before I actually remembered ever listening to it in the first place. Anyway, uh, Paul, thanks for the call. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, it's just that kind of an album. By the way, you can, you can, there actually are t- still tickets available for tonight. You can get uh, $65 for like Upper Deck, and it's about like 200 to 300 for floor seats. Really? Yeah. Does that change Pete Callender's <laughs> Thursday, no, night, Thursday night I plans? Already, I already have plans. On- <laughs> Is it better than the Stones? Dang it. No, I wish I had been at the Thirsty Beaver last night. That's what I wish. <laughs> That's all right. Hashtag missed opportunities. Yeah, it's okay. That's the story of my life. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Let It Bleed was my favorite Stones album. Um, sorry, let me get back. To, uh, not uh, not turning it into the, uh, oh, you know what? I could have had Mighty John Marshall on talk about Rolling Stones album. All right, never mind. Missed opportunity there, too, Pete. Good job. Um, so back to this story. Is the former Democratic candidate for state superintendent recruiting for an NCAE rival? The answer is yes, she is. Uh, when asked if there was a role in North Carolina, so this is Jen Mangrum. She ran for the superintendent for public instruction in North Carolina, and she's a Democrat. And now she's started a Facebook group, and she's uh, promoting the AFT, which is the American Federation of Teachers, Randy Weingarten's union. And uh, she's been promoting that in this Facebook group, not the NCAE, which is the organization that's affiliated with the NEA, Teachers Union. And Apparently, Mangrum had applied to be the executive director of the NCAE, the North Carolina Association of Educators, but she did not get the gig. And uh, so now uh, now she says that her Facebook group has nothing to do with that, only that she's trying to do now what she wanted to do for the NCAE. And uh, she said she told the NCAE when she applied for the position that she wanted to get people united. And so that's what she's trying to do now. By creating a competitor union. (laughs) That's how you unite people. Now, I did think it was funny. The NCAE president, Tamika Walker-Kelly, said that um, it's hard to see how yet another organization would be of benefit to educators in North Carolina. Which I thought was pretty instructive. Like, I'm not surprised that a K-12 education union leader doesn't understand competition. (laughs) That is the least surprising thing of this story. All right, news is next. (laughs) 